The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Just Swing It podcast. I'm joined by the normal cast of characters, John Burrell and Fat Baby Funds. I'm Chris McBride, and um, we should have a decent show for you today. It may be a little shorter than normal. I don't feel like too much is going on. Don't have that many topics written down, but we can, we'll see what we can come up with. Um, how was y'all's um, Thanksgiving? Good, good. I mean, uh, Pretty chill. I went to two Thanksgivings, though. I went to the wife's in the morning, and then my family's in the afternoon, so way too much food, twice as much as should be, but that's the way it goes. Can't complain. It's a little healthier at your house, though, where you eating roasted um, Brussels sprouts and pomegranate seeds. Yeah, yeah. you gotta, you got to keep it light when you're going to two. Yeah, I think I went to... I went to two. Breakfast... Well, one was breakfast, but that was actually probably more food than than the actual dinner. John, what about you? Um, deep fried a turkey, actually Rocky deep fried a turkey for me. So I didn't have to do that. And um, you catch something on fire. No, no, but you should have seen, uh, you should have seen we, we didn't have the correct tools. So um, we had to engineer something West Virginia style to, uh, to uh, dunk the turkey. So it was interesting. I'll, I'll, Try to get a picture to show you guys. Um, it's 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 it pretty good Thanksgiving. Um, before we always went to my parents. Uh, this year we had one at the house. Our first Thanksgiving, um, just staying at the house since Steph and I've been together, and since we've been married. So it it was nice because I got to do some things around the house. Had a few days off. Got to um, clean the place up a little bit instead of. Uh, drive somewhere, come home, the house is tore up and, um, and, uh, you need a vacation from the vacation, so to speak. So it was nice to stay at home and, uh, get some rest. How many beers was Rocky in when you started and how many was he in when you ended? Um, well, you, you know him, he's, uh, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant drinking of, of Bud Light. So, uh, I would say at least probably 32. <laughs> I got you. Uh, my mine was all right until until uh, yesterday. I guess yesterday was the first day back at work, and um, I guess my wife was at work. She she works at a vet. Uh, they were doing surgery, and the dog kicked the needle out of the doctor's hand. She got stabbed in the leg, 
had an allergic reaction, had to get like rushed to the hospital. Oh, shoot. But uh, she was fine. And then after, she didn't like have to go to the ambulance or anything, just like stayed to go to the hospital. Then I, had, I picked her up after work. She, she texted me, is like, okay, I'm, I'm about ready to go. Picked her up after work. We got home, cooked, ate dinner. And then she had another allergic reaction. So we had to go back. So we was at the hospital till about 2 a.m. So we got an extra day off today, but it wasn't that fun, I wouldn't say. Gee, she got uh, she got dog medicine in the leg. Well, it, it was like clean blood. So it was like a weird case because it was like they had, um, you know how they do blood transfusions? It was like dog blood in a bag. It wasn't even from something. It was just like clean blood they were about to put into another dog. And it got jabbed in her leg? Yeah, just a little bit. She didn't even know she got um, stabbed until like two hours later when she started having the allergic reactions. She had like the oh. needle mark like in her leg, basically. Oh, <laughs> she ain't barking, is she? No, not yet. <laughs> not not more than um, usual. You know? <laughs> well, it's probably good she doesn't listen to our podcast. Yep. <laughs> she, she can listen from the other room. <laughs> oh. oh, Lord, she'll come in there and smack you here in a minute. Probably. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Anyhow, she seems fine today. She cooked dinner tonight, so she seems all right. Um, anyhow, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, Fat Baby, what are we learning about finances tonight? So t today I was just going to talk about the difference between the income uh, the income sheet, the aka the PL, the cash flow, and the, the balance sheet to really drive through what are those three documents? Why do you need to know what they are? And essentially what it comes down to is the balance sheet shows you things like inventory, um, balances that were on hand at that snapshot in time. So what the balance sheet doesn't do is tell you over that whole time frame what happened it just says what was the inventory at this time what was the cash balance at this time what was all of these different balances that affect a company's uh, financials overall uh, what were they at that closing period so if you're ever trying to look at something there's certain things you need to look for that are only really on the balance sheet things like uh, inventory is a good one to look at and understand how many days on hand of inventory someone has. That's something you would do on the balance sheet. And then you can get into the PL versus the cash flow statement. Those are pretty similar, but really the difference is uh, we've talked about capital expenditures, things like that in the past, and how those aren't fully recognized on the PL um, due to some accounting rules that try to spread the benefit of large purpose purchases over time. Um, that is going to be the difference a lot of times in your cash flow versus your PL. Sometimes it's better to look at cash flow for businesses because there can be some funky things that are going on uh, in accounting wise where you can start to stretch the life of some assets. You can play games like that uh, that can affect the PL but won't affect the cash flow. So really looking and understanding the links between th these three documents, knowing how to read them um, is pretty is pretty big for understanding financials. They're the key three documents that everybody's releasing. Um, and there's certain items that you should be honing in on each one. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. John, do you have anything on, on you know, these three items? Um, no, I don't. But I do think uh, maybe in the future, maybe we could uh, go through a company's balance sheet and maybe like figure out a valuation for it or something maybe in the future. Yeah, that yeah. seems like, like a good idea. Pat maybe can um, share his screen once we get through enough of these lessons that kind of go together. It will let him share his screen and he can just we'll just pick a random one and he can just give us a breakdown of their their finances. Yeah, yeah, because it. Uh, I'll, he kind of went out there for a second, but who knows? That might be a new segment once we start that. We might just pick um pick one for um for him each week. We'll just do one ticker each week and let him go to town on it. That'd be cool. Uh, Fat baby, was you trying to say something? Your your thing went out. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying that you can really tie in them all together is good. You can take a look at the cash on hand a company has and then look at their cash flow statement. So a lot of these companies who are burning cash, losing a lot of money, you can use those two statements together to understand, hey, are they going to need to raise more money? Because a company like Peloton was burning a ton of money, um, didn't have too much money uh, cash on hand and they were telling everyone we're not going to raise any more money we're not going to raise any more money well a week after they say that they raise money so you can start to understand when things like those are coming um, by really reading those statements and linking them together yeah um, my my computer just freaked out for a second so did nothing changed on um, your guys's end did it no no we're still good it didn't even seem like anything happened yeah, okay, good. I, and John's recording, so it shouldn't have messed up, you know, anything there. I don't know, it just, like, went black, and it just, like, started beeping in my headphones. I was like, what is going on? But, um, no, it's fixed now. Okay, cool. Um, I guess moving on to how the market's doing, John, um, it's doing pretty terrible, but I'll let you talk about that. Man, oh, man. So, last week, you know, one of the things that we had talked about is maybe some issues were signaling in the market. And definitely now, um, there's some big, big issues that are arising. You know, we talked about last week about how oil and the overall market kind of go hand in hand. And um, we've seen a sell-off in oil that we talked about last week. Well, this week, we've seen even a bigger, uh, you know, a bigger sell-off in oil. And a lot of asset prices have went to the downside pretty significantly. We have the, let's see if I can pull it up here so we can talk about it a little more. Um, we have the VIX here at 27.19. It was up 18% on the day. You can see here that on the month, we're at the all-time highs as far as for the month goes. Um, I like to look at things in a month basis as far as like establishing trends and we're very very bullish here on the vix um i don't i wouldn't think that it would continue on just because all the fundamentals that's being reported in the market have been positive and accelerating to the upside as far as the numbers go so i wouldn't think that this would continue i think that people are scared about the new strand of virus that's coming out uh, but I don't think this is going to be a repeat, in my opinion. But it does have the market kind of shook up. And right now, it could really go either way. So it's very cautious 
uh, times that we are seeing right now in the in the broad market and in a lot of other indexes too. So the VIX is at 27.19. Moving on to the SP 500 index, it's on its month lows as well. Had a couple big down days here the last uh, few days, and uh, we had the Friday sell off um, that was like a half a day. It was like a two percent sell off, and then we had the day sell off another big move to the downside so i would think as far as equities go i would think this this would be a buying opportunity like i said a lot of things have been positive as far as reports that's been coming out you know as far as the macro markets go so i would think that this would be a buying opportunity but if it if we see some follow-through towards the end of the week i i would say you know in general, I would say just be careful, but it, it definitely could signal something more to come. But I don't think that that's going to be the, uh, the the case this time. I think that this is going to be a buying opportunity, if anything. The bond trade that we talked about last week, uh, bonds being beat up, uh, they have had a significant rally here to the upside. So if you're holding bonds, your bond position has done a lot better. Um, the 10-year uh, Treasury note index um for the interest rate is near its month lows which is good for which is good for the bond if interest rates go down because they're inverse of each other um we're going to look at the oil chart here for just a moment you can see those big candles down i am, i was a buyer here at the end of the day in oil i don't think that we're going to continue to see the sell-off but i do think that maybe oil bounces back a little bit and then kind of stays back and forth within a range for a while. It had been trending up since basically it went negative um, in the midst of uh, coronavirus. Um, I don't see it continuing to go lo lower from here. I, see, I say we have a pullback and then we probably stay within the high 60s to high 70s area just back and forth. And then if you look at the dollar, the dollar's been pretty strong, except for this week. Uh, over the month, it's near its highs. It had some whiplash back and forth today in trading. Uh, precious metals ha have been sold off pretty significant um, the last two weeks. Uh, and like I said, all all assets, I, I can't see sustaining a continual decline. Usually, some assets do better at sometimes than others, and I don't see them all gradually going down from here. So there's definitely buying opportunities. It's just picking the right asset class and factors to allocate to. And then if we look at Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin hadn't been as, uh, as affected by the broad market, but it's still near its month. Well, yeah, near its month lows. Um, but it did have a couple uh, big up days here recently um, on the 28th it had a pretty big up day to come back from its down day um, the previous week we look at small um, exchanges cannabis product this is something that i was glad to get out of um, we see over it's on its month lows as well uh, it was something i thought was going to be a value play and it continued to go against me so it's it's bullish uh, trend right now so something i cut loss uh, that i talked about on a previous episode but it is surprising to me that the overall market is you know pr not far from all-time highs just a few percent from all-time highs and the cannabis market has just been beat up so it is something that has probably 
a cheaper play if you're looking for cheap plays in the market where most things are overvalued. It's something that you could definitely look at, but it's hard to catch a falling knife, and it definitely wasn't for me. If you look at the volatility um, ETPs or ETNs, rather, um, they have a significant drag, um, but they've been a, a killer play here. You could have made a lot of money on some uh, calls. Um, so this isn't something I recommend people trade a lot of, but you can make good money on. Uh, Chris and I traded this product before in the past, if you listen to previous episodes, and we've done pretty well with it, but just be just just know that you can't really hold these over an extended period of time, but it is something to look at. Um, all of them are near their highs for the month. Uh, then you have SV uh, XY, which is short volatility, which a lot of people have short volatility plays because it's correlated with the market going higher. And these things, when we have big spikes in volatility, you see these drastic declines, you can lose a lot of money. Um, a better way of being short volatility is selling puts against some equity that you like because you won't get ran over as much. So yeah, that's basically the rundown of how the market's been doing. Um, I see that there's a lot of caution flags out there right now, but there has to be buying opportunities in some of these asset classes. Yeah, kind of like what you said, everything's down right now there's not there's not many things out there that are you know in an uptrend apple apple's in an uptrend um i know how much you love apple but apple's in an uptrend besides that i don't see a lot of other green on the board in, in anything really and it's kind of like what you said the whole um new variant of the covid thing or whatever i don't even know how you say it a micron or or whatever i think that has a lot to do with today's especially and then kind of the report, I guess the Moderna CEO basically came out and was like, yeah, we don't think our vaccine's effective against this one at all, or pretty much or very little effectiveness against this um, strand. So I think that kind of, you know, that scared people a little bit. But like you said, I don't see this sticking around um, for too, too long. I mean, I don't, what was the other variant? We just had that the variant recently, it didn't have much effect. It kind of did it first and then kind of immediately went away. This one um, could be the same way. I don't know, but it, it's um, definitely a time to be cautious, cautious out there. And like you said about the volatility plays, we traded those in the past, but that was back when it, we were like in the dead heat of the COVID era where you could pretty much trade either one of them short or long volatility. And if you just, wait it out a couple of weeks, you're probably going to be, you're probably going to make money on it. You might be down quite a bit at what for, for a second, but I mean, at, at that point in time, it was day to day, just flipping like crazy, um, crazy ups, crazy downs. It was, I mean, it was easy to play then. I, I don't probably not as much uh, now. And um, yeah, and to go with the, I guess the variant thing, I guess um, part of it is um, the government is still, tr they're trying to start, you know, backing off some of that like federal help, some of the like programs they had in place to help during coronavirus. Even though we have this new variant, they're going to back off some of those. I think the um, student loan um, payments, they start back at the end of January, some things like that. So that probably scares a lot of people. You know, um, we had a lot of federal help programs during coronavirus. And now if you're taking them away, but we still have um, COVID, then 
I can see why that could put some fear in the market. I'm not, like you said, I'm not that worried about it. I see now as a pretty good buying opportunity and I will be buying um, for sure. Fat Baby Funds, what is um, your take on the current market conditions? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any strong take. It's crazy times still, just things bouncing around, a lot of fear out there, but I'm just going to keep keep buying stocks and keep holding for the long term and then ignore all the noise in the short short term because to me that's really what all this is until i see something worse or something that really scares me i'm just gonna keep keep filtering out all the noise yeah and i mean to that point kind of like what you said and and um, I think that's the important thing for people to realize when they're having conversations with people, when they're posting on Twitter, when they're commenting on other people's stuff, is everything really matters um, about what stage you are in your life or in your investing journey. If you're a 65-year-old, um, yeah, everything's not a buying opportunity. If, it, if we have a big market dip, that's like a real issue. If you're 25 and we have a huge market dip, as long as you're not going to freak out and sell your positions, it's always a buying opportunity. Even if we have another, like, you know what I'm saying? If, even if we have another, like, large crash, all of us is, you know, in our mid to upper 20s, uh, we don't plan on really getting out of the market anytime soon. So if it, you know, the positions I hold dip quite a bit, as long as nothing changes with the company, I mean, that just means I get to add positions at a much cheaper cost and bring down my um, dollar cost average. So, I think it's important to realize that every uh, that everyone's in a different boat depending on where you're at. If you're, you know, if you're about to retire, it, it's a big deal if the market goes down. But if you're not, you know, like like Fat Baby said, you can just zoom out and it's it's not really doesn't really matter um, too much. Um, but to move on in the topics I had, which again is not many, we we do have a special topic at the end. Fat Baby is going to teach us about NFTs. We're going to have an NFT lesson because I know nothing about it. John knows nothing about it. And um, I guess Fat Baby knows a little more than us. So since there's not a lot of news and not that many topics going on, we're just going to learn about NFTs today from Fat Baby. But um, for that, moving on, I guess the big one of the big topics was Jack Dorsey, the Twitter CEO. He's stepping down, I think, to focus on like NFTs and crypto, that sort of thing. Um, I know Fat Baby might have some opinions on that. I saw he tweeted earlier about every time he gets in a company, the CEO leaves. So if you do follow Fat Baby and you're investing in a company because of their leader, you might want to run if he uh, <laughs> buys some shares because this, this is at least the third or fourth occasion of this. Yeah. Yeah. Stitch Fix, I got in. And then uh, Katrina left. Uh, Amazon, I, I definitely was in later on uh for a few months and then bezos left and now now twitter but it's interesting that he's leaving it's not a huge shock um there was an activist push a year ago uh to oust him and so they sort of settled added some board seats all that kind of fun stuff and then uh eventually it, it probably just would have kept on coming up and up um especially with jack really seems like squares a little bit more of his baby. Um, he did get kicked out of Twitter once already. So this was his second time back as CEO. So I, I like Jack. I think he's a good leader. Um, I think he 
does a good job building these companies if you look at what he's done at square and recent his runs at twitter have been stronger their their dark period really was when he wasn't in charge and then once he started to get his groove back after a year or two as ceo of twitter i think that's when they started all their spaces subscriptions twitter blue um tipping uh everything they're doing right now which i think is good stuff overall that it shows, but they're keeping it in house with their CTO taking over. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know too much about Jack Dorsey. I, he seems like a guy who doesn't really like Twitter <laughs> to me. I mean, I, he, he kind of seems like myself, like I have a love hate relationship with Twitter. Like some days it's like, Oh yeah, it's cool. Scrolling through that. And then other days it's like, I don't want to deal with this. Like I wish I lived in the middle of nowhere. Didn't have to deal with any of these people. So I don't know. Yeah, I we'll mean, Jack's, Jack's a weird guy. Yeah. He, when, like, you, you hear some stories about him, like, like him, when he first started uh, Twitter, he was trying to emulate uh, Steve Jobs and wearing turtlenecks around. And then when he got kicked out of Twitter, it's because he was taking dressmaking classes and he was, like, making, like, becoming a fashion designer and the board members at Twitter said, hey, you either need to focus on Twitter or leave. And he they, he was like, no, I'd rather just do my own thing and walk around and all that kind of stuff. So they kicked him out as CEO and put someone else in. And that's when he started Square. So he's always been uh, a successful businessman, but he's not one of, he's not Elon Musk where he spends 150 hours a week doing it. He spends probably 25 hours a week on Twitter, if that. Um, so it was never a full-time job, but he was sort of overseeing it. But I don't think he was a Twitter power user. When you look at his feed, it's it looks like he's something who, he's a lot more focused on Square, building up Cash App, um, Bitcoin. He loves Bitcoin. Um, and Twitter doesn't do much for Bitcoin. So Square does. So focusing on that long-term it might might make sense for him. Yeah, and um, like you said, you know, just he probably gets bored with stuff. You know, he started Twitter, it became successful. I mean, who knows? He, he gets bored with that, wants to do something else. I mean, Elon's kind of the same way. I think he, you know, like you said, he, he works um, pretty much all the time, but he has all these crazy ideas at all times that, you know, may or may not ever happen, but he, you know, he, he figures out a way. I don't know. Uh, do you have any opinion on Twitter going forward with the, I guess the new in-house guy? I really don't, um, but I figured you you might or you might not. Like so, for me, what I I I think it's interesting. I think they have some opportunities to better monetize. Jack was never good at that. When you just look at Twitter versus Facebook. Um, the way they're monetized, it's crazy. Like Zuck's a, Zuck's a killer and Jack's out here having a good time, um, building a nice company, but he's not out here monetizing in all the different ways he could. So I can see the new CTO, uh, the, the CTO who's becoming the CEO, uh, really coming through and monetizing a lot better. Sort of similar to after Steve Jobs left, Tim Cook took over. And Tim Cook hasn't done a lot in innovation, but he's done an extremely good job monetizing. So sometimes when you have the visionary of the company leave, you follow it up with like a business person. Um, a lot of times those business people 
sort of lose the vision, but do a great job of extracting value. I could see that happening at Twitter because there's Twitter is powerful. It it's it controls the news sources. It is the news source. It is the real time feed for everything. And there are a lot of ways you can monetize that kind of thing. And Twitter hasn't done a great job of it. And the new uh, CEO might be better at that. And then all of a sudden that could make a huge swing in their financials overall. Uh, but the other possibility is a lot of people are having rumors of um, buyouts. So someone purchasing Twitter because it is such a powerful source and their valuation is like $36 billion or something. So someone like Apple or Google or one of these non-social media companies could come in and buy Twitter and then loop it into their product. Yeah, it sounds like um, kind of sounds like college football coaches. You know, if you have um, you have a guy, your defense sucks one year, you fire your coach. Now you hire a defensive coach. Now the offense sucks. Really, for businesses, it'd be nice if you could find someone who's folk can do innovation and monetization at the at the same time. They say yeah. um, the best uh, business makers or creators are liberals, um, and the best people to run the business are conservatives. So you need someone that has the vision and that's creative enough to make a business and come up with ideas, but you need a conservative to be able to run it, to monetize it and to get the most out of it financially. You yeah. need a libertarian who, you know, is kind of <laughs> liberally, um, socially liberal and that um, uh, financially conservative, but you'll have to get out of the, you have to get find one that's don't have the strong views of like, leave me alone, let me live in the woods, stay by myself. Type well, I think you need a yeah. team of people that are able to be okay with other people's ideas. Um, Mark you know, Cuban, you need, right? Like what? Mark Cuban, I would say he's probably... Yeah, I mean, you need to have a team of people that are respectful of other people's views and they have their certain duties and they can provide the best to the company and everyone play their role without, you know, trying to kill each other. And and that, that's probably the best the best setup because you do need both sides. You need someone to come up with ideas, someone to keep innovating and pushing boundaries, but you need someone that's going to hold you to the floor a little bit too so so you're not just you know throwing everything against the wall and you know nothing sticks and now you're you know in a bad situation as far as your financials go you need someone to ground you a little bit and say yeah this idea is you know cool and all but you're going a little too far with it or you know you know there got to be some balance there instead of just you know have a leader or just pick one person or just have a group of people that all believe the same thing yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta have someone who can make the you know make tough decisions. If you every idea uh, may sound like a good idea, but it doesn't always work. You got to be able to you know pull the plug on you know even if you spend a bunch of money on something, you can't just like stay in there if it's continually not working. You got to be able to say no, that's not working. Let's try something else. Yeah, and ideally that's the CEO, CFO, and sometimes the CTO combination is the CEO can be the visionary, the CFO can be the reality to say, hey, that's a great vision, but we got to make some money here. Uh, so usually if you have a strong CFO, CFOs can drive that kind of stuff. But that's where it's interesting with Twitter is 
a lot of people like the Twitter CFO, Ned, um, but that's not who they promoted. They promoted the CTO who started as a, uh, 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 I'm, I'm blanking on the words. What's the word for the coders, the ones who make all the money? The technical people like a, I'm like a programmer or like a yeah um, yeah I'm forgetting the technical word for it but yeah he started he started on that end lower down um and then he just made his way all up all the way up to CTO but it's sort of interesting to see he was there the whole time Twitter had now all is, is CTO chief treasury officer uh, technical Te yeah technology so yeah oh, okay yeah. So what is that? I mean, I know it's in technology, but what does that really entail? I mean, is that almost like an operations? Yeah, usually it entails like the technology stack. So like for him, he would have been working on all the tech behind Twitter and making sure that so like he would be over all the programmers and all the mm -hmm. infrastructure yeah. as far as how things are created. That kind of Yeah. Thing. And which is a pretty big position. Uh, depending on the company, all these tech companies, the CTO is a big position. Yeah, you I, I honestly, problems. you know, I don't keep up with a lot of uh, financials. Uh, that's probably, you know, that's the good thing about having all three of us here is we're all look at things through different lenses. Um, but that, that's actually a term I'd never heard before, to be honest. Yeah, and not like my, my company doesn't have a CTO. Um, a lot of companies don't have CTOs, but all the tech companies do. Um, and it makes sense because they have so many um, technical positions underneath them. Now, do they still have COOs or do, is it just CTOs at that point? It, it, see, it, it really depends. And, and I think oh. it depends on the Some, some have both. Um, but I think a lot of times when you're a tech company, instead of having the operations, that the tech is really the operations for tech companies. Right. So instead of a COO, you have a CTO. But sometimes you have this blend of companies who are a mix of tech and are a mix of um, operations. So I wouldn't be shocked if Tesla, for instance, had a COO and a CTO, just because they're a mix of a ton of Labor. operations yeah. and a ton of tech. But a lot of companies just don't have that much tech stacks, so they don't have CTOs. Yeah, I would think at a technology company, the CTO is probably making a big portion of the decisions. And then, you know, it's kind of like he's kind of I would think he's kind of doing a lot of the running of the company. And then the CEO would be, you know, could shut him down if, if needed. But yeah. Um, moving on, I guess to another tech company, the other thing I had was about, um, I guess, PayPal. It, they, of course, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that just happened. Um, the PayPal um, CEO came out today, and he were was talking about their buy now, pay later um, program, which I don't know much about. I would assume that just means that you can kind of like lay away. I don't think there's any interest on it, but I think it's like four, um, you know, you can buy something with four payments, um, no interest. Um, it was up 400% on Black Friday, and they made 750,000, um, like, transactions on, on Black Friday. Um, that's a large number. I, again, even with no interest, you know, if you can, big stuff like cars, if you can, you know, get no interest on a car, and which means you, you, don't, have to, you, you don't have to pay more than um, you agreed upon pay, and there's no interest or whatever, to me, that seems like something that's um, something that's a good um, financial decision or whatever. But I, 
I don't know that, you know, buying TVs and payments and, you know, buying like these little items and payments is, is so good for the economy. It sounds like, you know, a bunch of people will um, end up doing that and then it'll fall through and that could be a, a big issue, which else sucks. I know John's thoughts. He don't, he don't want to owe people anything, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, a buy now, pay later is interesting overall. I, I haven't studied this space a lot, but Square did buy Afterpay. So Square is one of my larger holdings. So I'm not entirely bullish on it, but uh, it's interesting. I'd want to know for PayPal how big those numbers were because it's easy to grow 400% on a tiny number. I don't know what it was like. A, it was like a billion dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be. I, I, um. At, yeah. After we get done, there's a C. Um. There was like a CNBC article on yeah. it that had the numbers that the guy said. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting and it makes sense. Interest-free loans are good. I I take advantage of them and overall, if I could. Um. But I don't see it that much. Where it's a lot of times it's it's not really interest-free loans because a lot of times, like my credit card will give me five percent off. So. Do I want buy now, pay later, or do I want to take that 5% off right now? A lot of times I just say, I'll choose that 5% right now. Yeah, and I, I, I guess it is a loan. I don't really see it as a loan. I just think it's odd, you know, paying payments on something that cost um, $200 or, you know, it seems like you can, you know, a bunch of people do that. A lot's going to fall through. Um, well, my, my thoughts is, is that if you don't have $200 to pay for something, then you probably don't need whatever the hell it is you're buying. And if you are now bigger ticket items, like, you know, I get houses, cars, these kind of things that you have to have, they're not really needs unless you buy an exotic car or motorcycle that you might not need. But for the most part, you know, you're going to pay it either now or later anyways. And if you're going to, you might as well just pay it now and like fat baby was saying is if you get any kind of cash back on credit cards you know i use credit cards i don't carry a balance over to the next month i pay it in full but i'm going to take my you know percent for paying it now instead of you know putting it on a credit card and i mean i, I like to know what i have and so if i go and pay and get a lot of loans or pay later things then i don't really know exactly how much money i have in my account versus right now i have no debt whatsoever uh, at this point in my life so i know what i have i can look at my bank account and say okay this is what i got and i can look at my brokerage account and say this is what i got i don't have to think okay well i owe this much on my tv and this much on my couch and this much here and there you can get overextended and most people and if times have showed us anything most people overextend if they can and uh, when times are good they they spend like it's better than it than it actually is and then when the hard times come they didn't save anything um you know to to go through the storm so i i'm i'm against um borrowing for most things unless it's the bigger ticket items you know that's up in the thousands but there's really no reason um to carry a lot of debt um you know it's just it it, it leads people down some some dark paths that's hard to crawl out of yeah, yeah. And i think there are occasions like say for this time of year christmas say there's a single mom out there with a couple of kids 
um, it's probably easier for her to pay, you know, $25 every week or something for some Christmas presents for her kids than it is to yeah, you know, pay $200 at this point. I probably don't so, want to get me started on that. I'm pretty uh, harsh when it comes to this stuff. If you can't afford your kids um, Christmas, then you need to get them something cheap and not overspend on their Christmas if you're worried about keeping the lights on and you don't have $200 in your pocket. Your kids can go without, and they need to learn to go without, especially if – if your uh, back's against the wall, you need to save your damn money and you need to uh, provide a stable environment for your kids and not teach them that Christmas is more important than being broke because, I mean, it's just not. Yeah, John made a point a second ago that I think it was a, a pretty good point. If you, like you said, he, when he made the point about you owe a little bit on your couch, a little bit on your TV, a little bit here and there, I think what it can do is you know, yeah, you can afford to pay these payments every month, have this stuff. But what it's actually doing is, you know, when you get the your paycheck, um, you basically have taken all the money that, you know, you had extra outside of your main bills, outside of your groceries, your house, your power, all the actual bills. You've already spent all that money, you know, before it's even even got there. So now how can you it's going to make it a lot harder for you to be able to save money, invest money, or do whatever to help yourself move forward. You're just always stuck in the same spot because you've already spent things months before it's um, due. Um, the one thing I don't know about, and maybe y'all know about, is they kind of, they this, this isn't a new idea. It may be like kind of a new thing on the technology companies, but, you know, Walmart, Kmart, all of those companies had layaway, right? I don't, do that? Do they even still have that? I, I thought that yeah, kind of there's still layaway. In, yeah, I in thought that places. some of that kind of fell fell through a little bit because people wasn't getting paid. But uh, I don't know. So what what is layaway? I don't even so know. So layaway is like the the in store version of that. So like like you can go to Walmart. I, I don't know if you still can. I assume you still can. I stay away from Walmart at all costs. I do not go in Walmart unless it's an absolute have to. Um, but basically, at places like Walmart. You can go in and buy, you know, whatever it is. And you can say, hey, I want this thing. I don't have all the money right now. And you can kind of pay like a deposit on it. And they'll, they, you actually don't get to take it home, I don't think, with you. I think they put it, they put it in the back. And then once you hit a certain percentage of it, then you get to take it home and whatever. But it, it basically gets them, say, like they, for, I think it would probably be big on Black Friday where they're having all these super big deals and they have limited supplies of stuff. Maybe you don't have um, the money to buy that 60-inch TV right now, but it's um, like half price from what it's going to be um, in a month when you do have the money. So you basically can go in there and have them pull it off the shelves, put it in the back with your name on it, you know, pay the deposit, and then you can kind of come in and pay as you as you go, as you like yeah. can, and then you get to take it home once you once you finish paying. So I think there is times where that could help because it's not really even a loan because you can just cancel it if you want um, because you're not even taking it home. You, yeah, I think like, you. I think you might pay like a, a certain fee to do it or something. Yeah, it's basically just getting them to pull it off the shelf so you know. But once that, again, my my thoughts are is like if you can't buy that, I mean, seventy inch TVs has came down a lot, right and I mean, I, I know that's just one example, but my thing is, if you don't have the money for it, you don't need it. I mean, yeah, I, I guess the difference. I guess the difference is, you know, even if you will have the money for it, you know, say you work a job, you get 
you know, you get paid every month, you'll, you'll have the money for it, but maybe you just don't have it like right this second. Like you need to wait until maybe you're on a strict budget. Like you invest this percentage of your paycheck, this percentage, and then you have this percentage you're putting up to buy stuff. You know, if you have something like that, eventually you will have the, the money, but it's at a better price. Say it's at a better price now, like a substantially yeah. better price. Um, it's something like lay, layaway. Yeah, you just, I mean, you're getting them to, you're basically getting it for way cheaper. You're actually saving yourself money by doing it, knowing you would buy I it. I will anyhow. say, I will say, so for example, um, when the credit card offers, they'll offer like, 12 to 14 months interest free for however. Now, when I was first getting going and moved to North Carolina and I wasn't broke, I mean, I had a little bit of money, but I mean, it was insignificant in the grand, uh, grand scheme of things. But um, we had two vehicles break down at the same time. Uh, and it wasn't like major breakdowns. It was just like the alternator went out and it's going to be next week until I can get it in the shop and get a new one. The tire blew and, you know, we're not really going to run this vehicle now because uh, the spare wasn't that good or something like that. And I used a credit card to put all the tires, the alternator, you know, everything done on this card. It was like 1200 bucks or something like that. And I, I think I ended up paying it off in like two months or something. But the reason I done that is I wanted to ha keep my cash in case something else happened. I would have enough cash to cover that. So I borrowed uh, interest free with this credit card offer to extend that. And I had the money to pay for it. But if something else happened while all, you know everything else is happening, I wanted to have enough cash that I wouldn't have to worry about paying my bills. So it does come in handy if you're in a pinch. But those were all things that I needed. It wasn't things that I was, you know, I was getting just because I wanted them. They were necessities. Um, so I, you know, necessities I feel like are a little different. But I, I you know, I, I really live by even even if I have the money to buy something now. Um, and, and, and it's not like I don't buy myself stuff, uh, uh, you know, or, or my family stuff, but, uh, you know, if I don't really need it, then I'm going to think a few times before I buy something. And I'm especially now in my life and, you know, I'm not super well off or anything, but I'm especially not going to put anything on any loans or credit if I don't have to now. I mean, unless it's like a car or a house at this point. Yeah, unless it's a guitar, and then John will buy that son of a bitch immediately. Um, hey, my, I, hey, my guitars make me money, so you know all my stuff has been paid for. Thankfully, I have a hobby that's paid for itself, um, or at least it's a hobby now. So we'll see where that goes. But you know, I, I put it back in. All the money I make, I put it back in. So uh, you know. Yeah, I guess I had a similar situation. Um, one, the jewelry store I normally, you know, uh, purchased my wife's engagement ring from. They were having a you know, a promotional thing at a period where if you bought something this month, like whatever month it was, um, you could get interest free up to, you know, a year. Um, buy. So I bought her engagement ring on that. Um, and I had like an, interest, I would say that's a, interest -free for year. That's, a was, need. that's a need. You yeah, know it's I mean? not that's need. a have to, it was, um, but it, it was a big purchase. It was multiple thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I had the money to pay for it, but it's, it was kind of one of them things where it's like, you know, do I want to spend 2500 three grand like right now in cash right. when they're having this promotion? Yeah. And 
just because um, they have, and, and this is, I guess, for everyone out there too, just because someone's having a promotion where it's interest-free for a year doesn't mean you have to take the year to pay it off. Like, right, I exactly. paid it off way sooner than a year, but I didn't yeah, have to, that's, that's I didn't what have to fork out my, thousands of dollars yeah. at one time. It, I could break it up a little smaller. I don't know. I think I think that I think that that um, you know that's that's uh, doable, manageable, and uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. I would do something similar. Yeah, because what it allowed me to do is you know you get to that, keep your cash. So well, if I anything got, I, comes up, I then didn't you have can to still take care of it. Well, I also didn't have to stop. Um, we were at a time during you know COVID, COVID. Where, the, where it was awesome times to invest in the market. Everything was cheap. So yeah. you know, if I pay for that in cash, that's a lot of money. I'm not a, that I'm taking that I'm not putting you know into the market for at sure. levels that are like super low. Yeah, so it was sure. allowed me to you know do that. Yeah, there's ways of optimizing things. Um, I, at some point, though, you stopped optimizing and it starts to become harmful to your finances but you know if you play it right and do do those examples that we just gave i feel like you'll be in a good spot and you're using your head yeah the one thing i don't like and it's with the the phone thing when i got we went to get phones like i asked the guy if i could just pay him the money for the phone and it, you can't i i mean maybe someplace you can um we have sprint i guess it's t-mobile now I, I couldn't just pay him the money for the phone like it automatically gets put into payments, which is just on, which is just on like um, your bill. So, like, say your bill is fifty dollars, and then you're paying, you know, so whatever much for the service, so much for the phone. Yeah, it just goes on your bill. Now, I guess you can go into the actual app and like change some settings, maybe call some people. I don't know, and actually pay it all off if you want to. Or but it, you just came in the store like that. So, or you could do what my cheap ass does. Um, I go through a phone company that uh, you go buy an unlocked phone and then you bring it to them and then you then you get service. <laughs> well, I think you could probably do that. You could have done that here too. Like we could have took an old phone or whatever, but the whole point was I needed a new phone. New phone the phone yeah. was old. Which... Yeah, I mean, I've like you can buy unlocked phones, but I don't. Some companies will take them and some companies won't. They're funny about it. Yeah. What's your thoughts on? Um, I know this has nothing to do with the stock market. Doesn't Ryan Reynolds own like a phone company now? That's the one I was telling. Remember, that was the one I was telling you about. That's the one I got. Yeah, does that work? <laughs> yeah, it worked. I don't I know. Got it. Hey, listen. The commercials I, are goofy I, because you see Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's, he's like, a funny guy. About, but it's but, like, I, I, I don't know if this is going to be a good investment for him. I haven't, I haven't had any problem. The, the, part of the reason why it's so cheap is you pay for it all well you can pay for it in less time but i pay 377 dollars after tax for a year of phone service uh, everything unlimited and uh per phone so I, I i pay uh the same for staffs and uh you know so so how much do you know about the company so like how are they able to offer it that cheap are they so they, they have some they have some they have to have some sort of deal where they're sharing somebody else's towers. It's through T-Mobile's towers because if you look on my phone and like I open it up at the top um let's see. There's somewhere like at the top, you know, like when you turn your phone on or whatever. So you probably have a T-Mobile SIM card in the phone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember, but anyways, like the company is called Mint Mobile. 
okay? And it's got this little, I think it's like a little fox or something on the front of it. And you buy these uh, SIM cards. Um, there's two of them. One of them is like a free seven-day trial that comes with a number or whatever. And you put that in your phone, and if you like the service and you try it out, it's like it's like five bucks for the SIM cards, and you get like seven days of of coverage. So you can see does it work at does it you know does you you get reception at um, at work at you know wherever you're going throughout the day when you travel. And you can check it out for a few days, and then the other one you can bring a number and a phone of of your choice i think they start selling phones now but like i bought a, a unlocked phone off of uh amazon and then i put the sims card in it um that they gave me and um transfer my number over and you know they have different plans um i i do i just do the year i like to pay everything up front so i don't have to worry about it it's it's literally after tax 377 dollars a phone for a whole year so i i mean it's it's super super cheap and it works i've not had any problems out of it so it'll be interesting from a business aspect to see where this goes there has to be more there's more to it i don't i don't know where the money is coming from I, i'm sure it's just like the other it's probably just like as far as the way it's structured it's probably just like boost or uh track phone or um what's that other one well i don't Straight i don't know how help. Yeah, I don't know how those, you know, those work either. Yeah, they um, see like because T-Mobile right has now, to be getting something out of the deal. Oh yeah, for sure. So right it. now, um, you can sign up, and if you buy three months of service at a time, you'll get three months for free. Right now, they're doing some kind of special. Uh, so I mean, you know, you're watching a finance channel, you want to save a little bit on your phone bill, so every so often i will go through and i'll look at my internet bill I'll, I'll look at all my bills and i'll say okay is there a company out there that can provide me at least as good a service or better service than i'm getting right now how can i lower my bills and so i pay twenty dollars a month for internet at the house for wi-fi i pay you know 377 dollars for each of our phones uh, you know, i got our bills as pretty much as cheap as i possibly can get them and still have usable services um so you know lowering your bills you can save a lot of money a month and that's more money you can you know uh, save for a rainy day or invest so that's and that probably a lot depends on um you know where <laughs> where you live at john lives in uh like a the outskirts of charlotte basically so th there's a lot of options right so you can so that means competition in general is going to push everyone's prices down and there's other options where i live um which to me is freaking surprising because literally 10 minutes from here is a comcast store and i tried to get comcast for internet can't get it where i live i guess i live right outside where they don't have their stuff the only person i can get here is Chantel, so that's they pretty much like damn some, i never heard of that before Chantel, i mean that's surprising because they're i think they have a lot in west virginia like a lot of west virginia Chantel, the guy who set my stuff up was literally from a west virginia office Oh wow! Uh, See, uh, my parents have like Frontier. Yeah, that's satellite internet. That's when you don't have any. That's when you like are so far out. Oh, I don't not... know. The, um, they have a cable that comes off the power line. Oh uh, yeah, but the is there a satellite on the power line? Uh huh. So my parents have Frontier, but it's and it's satellite. It's, it's satellite. Oh, that's interesting. They don't have like wires or anything like. So that's kind of what. See, they my can parents get. Uh, have those mains that go right down the middle of their field. 
So yeah. it just comes off of it might be like the main line and that's the reason it's not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I can only get Chantel, so it doesn't really matter what the I mean, it's like sixty dollars a month and that's the price. That's what it that's if you want yeah. internet, that's the price. So that's See, your here choice. you can... I guess I guess what choice you would have was um, you could get like the hotspot. You could get like AT and T, or you could get like a phone company's internet where you're working off their towers. And that's expensive. Like, That's probably even more. It's, it may be similar, but I would say it's probably worse. I mean, it like if you can get standard like Wi-Fi for you know sixty bucks versus you know you're getting Wi-Fi from like a hotspot. I would assume the standard internet. Like I've never had any issues. Like I'm watching thing on TV, it doesn't like buffer and stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, Fat Baby, do you have anything on any of that, I guess, or anything else you want to talk about? We, we've we actually filled the whole show, so maybe we should hold NFTs um, for its own show. I don't want to cut you short on that because I would like to learn more about it. Um, because I don't well, know. I have uh, a little something if, you know, just let me know when, but I have a little something I'll share here. But, you know, we'll wrap up whatever we're doing first. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we can push that off. I, I'm always down to hit that later and then yeah not not too much to add on what you guys are talking about yeah we'll have a um we'll just we'll just put in the schedule somewhere we'll make a show where it's only crypto and nfts and that's all we'll talk about we'll we'll skip all the news for that week and talk about cryptos and nft maybe the best thing to do for that is for us to find a good guest who focuses on nfts and crypto and then we'll just make it where we're interviewing them thus so the the only topic that we need to talk about is NFTs and crypto. And then also Fat Baby can educate us too uh, alongside of talking to the person that's maybe maybe even someone that's heavily invested or someone that, you know, like you say, interview someone in addition to having a conversation. Yeah, just, segment. well, yeah, and when we have people on, we kind of tend to focus only on that one topic. We don't try to get into news or anything else like that. Yeah. Also, it will probably help, it would help Fat Baby because like, like we said, you and I don't, we're not into we're not in it we're not into anything um you know i, I have to it. said but before before we in, in this topic or whatever we're doing here i will say that there was an nft of a picture of math problems that they were selling as nfts it was literally just a picture of math problems and all i had to do to get them was right click and hit save picture as so i don't know what the big deal is with this nft stuff I mean, why well, there's some have be the official owner of a math problem photo? I mean, it's crazy. Well, that's because you can make NFTs. Like, me and you can make an NFT tonight. You can make hey, we NFT. should. Listen, we make a ton of money because this stuff is bullshit, in my opinion. And you I, can make I an NFT. I about it, but it seems ridiculous AF. So I know some people, <laughs> I agree with a lot of it. The one place I, I understand what it is, and again, we'll, we'll keep this short. The one thing that I do understand, this is, um, I forget who explained it like this. And I did understand this portion is like, like back in the Digital day, art, yeah, know, like back in the day when people would buy art as not to just have art on their wall, but as an investment, basically now with technology, you can buy digital art where you own the actual code to the art and it's kind of the same thing as an investment but see the way way i I look at it is like but with the real thing i have it i'm the only one that can look at it and i can put it on my wall and i'm the only person that can look at it unless someone comes to my house well there's probably ways there's probably ways i can still i mean i guess it goes down to like you know like having um a print of a piece of artwork is this i guess is the same way as just like seeing on the internet 
but I don't know. I mean, but you're talking about it's really worth You're also been looking at makeshift ones. I'm sure there's ones that you can do whatever you want and take out there. And, and there's yeah, gonna be there's gonna be laws and stuff like that. Like you can't just like you know make and print whatever you want. Technically, it's the same as like yeah. stealing music or whatever else, right? Yeah. And then it gets to the point to where they just stream it for free anyway. So there you go. Uh, either way um anyhow what was um what was you gonna say so anyways so a few few months ago when we were doing the podcast um we had done these like trader uh futures trader evaluation things i took some time off from it for a little while and i've been working on a strategy for i don't know a long time now so i am proud to say that I am now a funded futures trader. I got um, the paperwork today. Um, I got a sign, so gonna be getting a fifty thousand dollar account to manage. Um, so I'm gonna look over the paperwork, and as long as there's nothing crazy in it, then I'm gonna sign that sucker and get to rolling. That's 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 good right there. That's a way to make money. You have to you have to make quite a bit in it first before you can even pull stuff out. Just to get off yeah the, they the um, down there's a there's a a few different parameters in there i'm gonna check out but i definitely keep people up to date as much as i can i'm not sure about the disclosures um i'm literally got the the paperwork today to sign the contract so we'll we'll look into that but it's um for people that don't know it's basically an intraday trading account uh, so i can't hold positions um over overnight or anything like that uh, it trades 24 or 23 hours a day, five days a week. Um, so, you know, coming from investing, even though I do trades and I'm not really a buy and hold uh, investor, um, when I seen the opportunity, I wanted to make a strategy that worked in the short term. And I don't know that I have everything figured out in it. And I know there's going to be things that I haven't took into consideration, but been doing a lot of math recently, a lot of Excel spreadsheets. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I, I signed up um, at the beginning of November. Um, and so I passed it, I think. Um, I think I passed it on Monday and um yesterday yeah I, I i passed it yesterday or it might have been like sunday night because uh futures open at six o'clock on sunday I, I can't really remember but i passed it um within the last couple of days and then i sent in everything so i'm gonna get the paperwork for that so we'll see how it goes um i definitely think there's a lot of opportunity out there especially for um investing and a lot to learn in the stock market so um yeah, I'm excited about it, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and when John gets that strategy ironed out, he will send it to me and Fat Baby, so we can just also get in on the action. Anyhow, um, that's the show for today. Um, you know, it was just kind of chit-chatting back and forth, um, but we discussed some some decent topics. Um, if you're not follow, following us yet, you can do so on Twitter, at Swinging It, um, no just, but at Swinging It. You can check out Fat Baby Fun's blog at www.fatbabyfunds.com. He writes a bunch of interesting financial blogs and other stuff on there. Um, so definitely check that out, and um, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.